This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Welcome to Eat, Pray, Brittany. Hello, everyone. And hi, welcome to Dunzo. <laughs> Troy, we're so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> we all needed the moral support. So I feel like we needed to re-team up and link up because the conservatorship of Britney Spears is moving a mile a minute. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not in a place right now in life where I feel like I can record anything truly linear like it really, it, it, it kind of has to just come from wherever because it's like we're being hit left and right with insane news stories. Like this is developing so fast. So I just want to like gab with you guys. I just want to talk out my feelings. I mean, we initially envisioned this episode as a close read of the New Yorker expose that dropped over the 4th of July weekend, which of course we are going to get into that, but we thought that's what this episode was going to be. And then, oh no, come to find out literally in the last however many hours we should say, because now we have to keep doing timestamps on these episodes because then everyone's like, wait, you forgot to talk about blah, blah, blah. We are recording this July 6th at 6, 10 p.m. So the things that have happened in even not even 24 hours have been so insane that we have to get through all of that first before we can even get into this New Yorker article, which is the New Yorker article the reason all of this stuff is bubbling up? Is it Dumois just had something saying that the Netflix documentary is ready to go and it is going to scorch the earth? Who knows what is causing all of these rats to jump off the sinking ship? But like things are happening right now. Yeah, it's like it's nonstop. It's happening so quick that I feel like I don't even when I hear a news story, I don't even know if I read it or not. I'm like, I'm not, did I read that news story? Did I not read it? <laughs> like, is this a thing oh that I already goodness. knew? Did, I, did this happen yesterday? <laughs> like, I'm my mind is completely all over the place. But it's, like, good. Like, it's happening rapidly. And it's, like, I always use the expression, that like, a domino's been pushed. And it, it has. And now we're just sort of watching it happen. It finally feels like there's a sense of urgency around her case that should have been there 13 years ago. So it is nice to see this sort of rapid reaction. It's hard to keep up with emotionally. Every time Lisa states the date and time of our episodes, I feel like we're in a bunker. So I'm glad that there are three of us in the bunker this time to tackle all of the stuff that Lisa kind of gave a quick sort of overview of. Because I, to your point, Troy, I just feel like I can barely keep up. And it's like, is this new information? Is it another layer of crazy? Did we already know it? And we're just being reminded of it. Yeah, because then you have the added, there's the added thing of like, there are people who are discovering stuff that we've already known, but like, it does sort of add a new light when fresh eyes views like an old news story that we've sort of sat with for 10 years. So like that part of it is, is, is interesting. And then, you know, there's the people who are new to it that are like dredging up new stuff that are like a new perspective is where I'm like, huh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a lot to take in and it's so complicated and like, layered 
that it's like it's it's this is really we're approaching Britney was already like a black mirror uh pop star and now we're like really this is it this is like the climax of the black mirror story well yeah because it it feels like I mean people have said this all along about her career about the conservatorship like it feels like a movie or like a, a spy novel or something I feel like this point and this does feel like the crescendo of like you're getting close to something like in in the movie like people start dying when like they get too close to the secret like it feels like something is happening right now like in a way that has never felt like this you, Jacqueline you said perfectly like the urgency and the level of the pace has picked up so much like they it feels like something really big is about to happen and can I just put this in perspective though I mean what you described is certainly very dramatic and some of the stuff that we see in the New Yorker piece, which we're going to really comb through in this episode. I had to constantly pull myself back out of it because Brittany is literally living like partially a spy movie mm-hmm. where she is having cell phones snuck to her in these elaborate schemes, all for the sole purpose of her being able to hire an attorney. Like this is rid- a ridiculous amount of effort that is then being documented in the court system where like if she's going through all this trouble to try to hire an attorney does that not show a level of capacity that's inconsistent with what is in her conservatorship case like it's just it's really really bizarre i'm just imagining this poor woman trying to be snuck cell phones for years Mm -hmm. again for the purpose of just hiring an attorney like so basic she is i mean that was like my biggest takeaway from that piece was like wow she really is like living this like carrie matheson home and you know like showtime at 9 p.m life like it's crazy like it's so much crazier than anybody could imagine she is living like a spy and i just think about it's like i revisit all of those interviews all of those old interviews what i call like the conservatorship content where it's Britney just like completely dead-eyed, not wanting to, you know, to speak to an interviewer. And like, what's really going through her mind when she's being asked her favorite ice cream and if she still likes fried chicken and potato chips, you know what I mean? And she's like, I'm going home to a hellscape. Like, I don't want to fucking talk about pickles with you, Mario Lopez, but thank you. Well, I think she does want to talk about a pickle with Mario Lopez. (laughs) What is that pickle? She wants to play find the pickle. Exactly. I well, don't you remember? Like, I can't. This is going back. I want to say this is I'm Brittany Jean era. Remember when they asked her about like something about heights or something, and she talked about like jumping off cliffs? Like, I feel like when she does, like you're right, she either totally zones out, which who could blame her in these interviews? Because like her real life is so horrific that to be asking her what is her favorite yoga pose just feels wild. But like, I feel like there were still times where she was dropping hints and everyone's like, oh no, like the fans are reading too much into it. But like, no, like she Mm -hmm. was dead ass, like saying this stuff. And I'm sure behind the scenes, the, you know, the 10 people that are on these conference calls every week were squirming like, oh God, like, don't say too much. Like say that your favorite thing is not like a desert or a cliff or whatever, because they're going to know. Yeah. It's like, it it makes you, it's crazy because for us, like fans it does kind of make you have to go all the way back and everything just kind of feels a little bit different and it's not to say that it's like tarnished or whatever it just hits different and like interviews 
that I look at as like very sort of like frivolous or um, like empty where like you said, they are talking about like yoga and stuff. It's like, it, everything has a whole different meaning now. A whole different yeah. meaning and so nefarious. Like it, that's the part where I got like, not that the interviewers were like directly involved, but like just that they were making Britney sit there and say these things. And it's not, again, like, I don't think some of the interviewers, like we've heard people speak out about how, like restrictive and offensive they found the Britney's team's terms to be about around these interviews but like just so fucked up that she was sitting there like on display for everyone but still like couldn't like say anything or else she'd be punished well so I think that that leads to one of the more shocking developments which is Larry's resignation right because I think this is the news I mean I we have like four or five bombshells to talk about today, literally. And they are all absolutely bombshells. But this is one that kind of maybe is the best lead into everything else because Larry took kind of a long time to submit his resignation and how he submitted it and the content of the letter that he put together is very interesting to me. So I don't know, Troy, if you want to kind of give your take, but to me, this is a little shocking that it's taken a couple of weeks for his team to make a decision on this. It feels really weird. The wording, the way that he worded it was so strange. It felt so, um, like, it just, everybody now who is a part of this conservatorship, whether they admit to being a part of it or not, it's like, obviously, we know that Larry was a part of the conservatorship, of course. But every, they all are, like, so specific in the way that they choose to word things. Like, it sounds like he sat, like Larry himself, a quote lawyer, sat down with a team of people and decided how he should word this so that he, you know, sounds, you know, the least amount guilty. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, and, but, but couching it in her retirement is the part that I am the most offended by. And of course, he right. ends up grabbing all these headlines with it. As if this is that's sort of like an act of independence, which she she does. She's made it clear she does not feel like she has that right to say no and to stop working. Right. And to take owner. It's like for you to then your last like sort of hurrah for Team Brittany is to like speak for her as far as her retirement goes and act like. Oh, you know, Britney's been mistreated by these other people. I haven't been a part of it in years. You know, I've heard that Britney wants to retire today. And I'd like to say, well, thank you, Britney. Hats off. Tip of my hat to you, old lady. Thanks for all the years and the memories. I bid you adieu. Like, are you, <laughs> are you like, he like is acting like Hannibal Lecter at the end of Silence of the Lambs when he calls Clarice. And he's like, bye-bye. I have a plane to catch. Bye-bye. It's like, who are you? Oh, my God. You really think that you're just going to, like, gallivant to, like, you're just going to pop onto some other celebrity and go on with life? Like, you're not to, about to be involved in a trial? Well, let's let's read it first. Because I think even the formality of, like, from the desk of Larry, I feel like I'm picturing him with, like, a quill pen sitting down. And the, the way that this is so formally addressed to James James P. Spears and Jody Montgomery and then sent immediately deadlines the one I think that first ran this so obviously not an accident that they have the full text of this like as both of you said like no accident that Larry spent a long time crafting these words and then wants everyone to read them as 
much you would need to suspend disbelief to be reading this, but that he wants everyone to see this. James P. Spears and Jody Montgomery is co-executors of the estate of Britney Spears. It has been over two and a half years since Britney and I last communicated, at which time she informed me she wanted to take an indefinite work hiatus. Earlier today, I became aware that Britney had been voicing her intention to officially retire. As you know, I have never been a part of the conservatorship nor its operations, so I am not privy to many of these details. I was originally hired at Britney's request to help manage and assist with her career. And as her manager, I believe it is in Britney's best interest for me to resign from her team as my professional services are no longer needed. Please accept this letter as my formal resignation. I will always be incredibly proud of what we accomplished over our 25 years together. I wish Brittany all the health and happiness in the world, and I'll be there for her if she ever needs me again, just as I always have been. Larry Rudolph. Like, are you kidding? The end to me sounds like a threat, just as I always have been. Your name is not lurking, Larry, for as an accident, Larry. Like, that does that sounds so ominous. Can I just say that one of the most interesting things about this is the citing of two and a half years because that places this timeline exactly at the point where Brittany claims that she was put in a, an institution against her will. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing that's an accident in this statement. No. So that is going to be very important. So let's all keep an eye on that. Yeah. The second yeah. thing in here is obviously that he's he's calling out that he has no nothing to do with the conservatorship. Who does that in a resignation letter? It, it, to the people that are in charge of the conservatorship who seemingly would know very well that you don't have anything to do with it if you don't have anything to do with it. It's just, it's such hot, it's like, it's hot potato now. Literally. Like, we already saw this with Jody and Jamie last week, and now mm-hmm. Larry's Larry's entering in. And we've already seen this a little bit with Ms. Liu, who, you know, obviously will be talking about her in the New Yorker article, but the hot potato is being passed all around the hot potato of blame. It's so funny. And, like, all these people now who, like, have been able to just sort of coast and make a lot of money and not talk and live in the shadows, people know their names. And it's not just Britney's fans that know their names. Everybody knows their names. Congress knows their fucking names now. Like people <laughs> know these people now, you know, they can't like lurk and just collect money and work well, at the courthouse. So the thing is, I think, unfortunately, when I think about Larry, I'm assuming he's still entitled to certain income i think that he's the person that brokered the musical deal and we have no reason to believe that that's not moving forward and we did also hear about film rights so with britney being this hot of a topic it would shock me if they pull any of that in fact i would imagine they'd be running like a freight train trying to get production on this started so i'm sure that larry would still stand to benefit off of britney which is probably why it's even easier for him to uh quote unquote resign i Again, the timing of this fascinates me because Larry Rudolph has been in this business a really long time. Brittany spoke on June 23rd. It, this took longer than I would have thought, but it does make me think we should maybe talk about that rumor with like the Netflix documentary. We're, we've heard some rumblings online now. We don't have any direct sources, but the sentiment seems to be that Netflix is about to drop something scathing. I am really excited about the possibility of this because I was <laughs> critical of, listen, I liked the um, the Hulu documentary because I thought it was really, I just used 
effective over and over. Like I thought it was effective in getting the ball rolling for people who don't care and it informed everybody. It was like a Cliff's Notes of, you know, of like what's been going on. But like, I would really love something like a little bit more detailed, a little bit more like nitty gritty. There's so many, like you said earlier, this is like, Britney's been living like a spy. So like, there's a lot of story here, like really interesting story. And there's a lot of corruption. And outside of Britney, even if you don't, even if somehow you've managed to know all of this stuff and you don't care about her like this is our court system like this could happen to anybody so like it's just it's so much deeper even than than just Britney yeah and it's so funny I'm going to take us on a little journey so sidebar of this conversation Lisa and I've been talking about how when we started this show we just assumed we don't only have one season we would be a one season show that just go on for infinity but we've started to feel like there might actually be a need to start a new chapter because we feel like this is coming on to a new chapter and one of the things that we're really hoping for is that if there do need to be many more chapters that one of those chapters pretty soon is going to be the revenge chapter where she just comes out and sues everybody and then we get yeah. to do a whole season yeah we're i we're ready for the for the revenge chapter whatever whatever that ends up being but it feels like we're getting to that point right again like this feels so cinematic like that's the the next part of the movie after like everything's exposed mm-hmm. is like the shit starts hitting the fan people start getting held accountable and the person who had all of this stuff done to them starts getting to like they start going to be on top and like they start getting their way so like it feels like if we're going by movie standards like the revenge chapter hopefully is pretty soon yeah this is like the, the kill bill volume two moment is coming <laughs> where britney finally gets bill which is her dad and honestly you guys deserve a second like if that does happen you you've put in the work and you deserve to like be a part of that because you know the whole world is going to like glob onto it well yeah and, and everyone should be like i mean obviously there's people that didn't know before that are now feel very invested in this and we're glad that people are upset about this now but like it does feel like we want to revel with Brittany in whatever justice she gets to have and hopefully she gets her full justice whatever that is to her we could keep talking about Larry but then we also had another resignation that seems pretty significant an attempted resignation (laughs) because we should should say well we should just say because first of all nothing's been filed as of right now so we're almost to 6 30 and recording this so who knows and we got some inkling this morning the first thing which felt like it was going to be like you said the next bombshell was a page six exclusive about how britney is pissed that her she doesn't understand why her lawyer still hasn't filed to end the conservatorship and then we get like just after that this team MZ exclusive, which, oh, maybe the reason Sam hasn't filed the petition to end the conservatorship is because he's too busy working on his own petition to resign as her court-appointed advocate. Like, what? So supposedly, according to the TMZ exclusive, this is supposed to be imminently filed and possibly could be filed today. Sam does not seem to be the most efficient in general in this whole proceeding but maybe when it ha- it's on his own behalf he will be able to work more quickly than on the person that the courts appointed him to be working on behalf of right but- all of a sudden he's going to become tom girardi like he's going to become a full-on <laughs> like it's going to become an aaron brockovich case for him 
<laughs> become like right? the greatest lawyer in the in the country for himself. Right? Like <laughs> But this is I mean, this whole thing is bananas. You know, you end up with the Bessemer resignation, you have that followed up by the Larry resignation. We now have an attempted resignation by Sam Ingham, her court-appointed attorney. How does this, it feels like a reboot, right? It Mm -hmm. feels like we're going to get the next version of the conservatorship, season two, maybe. (laughs) And who knows what that looks like? Like, this is actually quite scary at this moment because Brittany doesn't technically have like a representative. So does the judge allow her to pick new counsel immediately? We also heard that, that, I mean, it, with that paperwork sitting there to file to end the conservatorship, if it was drafted, I assume it could still be filed. Right now, Sam is still her attorney, so why not file it before you peace out? Or do they need to hear the judge's take on what? Yeah, I mean, this, this is super confusing how this would really work because, again, although Sam is possibly going to file this petition asking to resign like the judge could say no to that and like you say Jacqueline if there's these other things that seemingly are very very much supposed to be in the works like that would seem really eyebrow raising that the judge would be like oh yeah you're good you could go we'll we'll just wait and see what happens like it, it probably would be a pretty arduous process I'm guessing for Brittany to get a new lawyer since as you pointed out before Jacqueline like she literally has had to steal cell phones in the past to try to gain her own representation. So maybe things would be different this time, but maybe they wouldn't because Jamie's team is at every turn trying to show how Brittany lacks capacity. So there's no reason to think that they would be helping her to get a new attorney instated to represent her. And even if she did have someone new representing her, this whole system seems so broken. It doesn't really seem like that's a guarantee where like Sam Ingham is part of the problem, but Sam Ingham is not the whole problem. So it's not like everything's going to magically be fixed if Brittany has a new person representing her. That person's still going to be making money off of her just like Sam Ingham was because the whole system seems to, the whole conservatorship system seems to be broken. Yeah, that's kind of, that's how I feel like it, it. I am. It makes me nervous to think that right now she's just sort of like floating and like we don't know what's going to happen at all. And, you know, obviously the court system is so, it's not like this, it's not like the court has been in any way apologetic about how corrupt and illegal all the stuff that they're doing is. So it's like, there would be no reason for them not to do like one last little, let's see if we can really like wrangle this back. Cause they, I, I honestly feel like the court system almost doesn't care that people know. As long as they're able to trap her in this and like keep the money going like they don't care about the public outrage of Britney Spears's fans feels like an unwavering commitment to process and Mm -hmm. to and to standards that have long since not been questioned so it's like a real commitment it's like a cognitive dissonance of like you're not seeing what's really in front of you you're just, you're a judge that covers these cases all the time or a lawyer that's involved in these cases all the time. And it's just, it's just your job. You don't look at it as anything beyond that. And it's, it, it's really sad to even think that people in this field could have that mentality. Right. And which we know that to 1000% be true because I don't know if you guys read um, 
Britney's former friend and like that. Oh yeah, obviously the photographer who was mentioned in the uh, the, the article, um, you know, he talked about seeing everybody on the screen, all of the judges and everybody involved in the court system and like, them having just completely blank faces, no expression, nothing, feeling nothing. Her like, you know, pouring her heart out and like changing the course of like, of history basically with the rest of the country. But for them, it's nothing. They felt absolutely nothing. They don't, yeah, it, it, you're so right. It's a commitment to process. As someone actually, I refer to it on Twitter as passive gaslighting mm. because they just, they were not acknowledging anything that she said in the hearing, even though she was pointing out that she had said it before and nothing happened. So beyond the bullshit, you're so courageous. They they said absolutely nothing to illustrate that they understood her point or that things that she was saying were, were alarming or, or to even try to explain maybe what next step should have been the first time she adjusted the court or anything of that nature. So it just felt like it felt like gaslighting, but in a totally different way. And one of our, our followers coined it past lighting. And that sort of, I think, leads us really nicely into Jody, who did come out with some statements basically to challenge Jamie Spears's take on her control of Britney's life and her health plan. Uh, and she announced after we had all these resignations, just like a, a blizzard of resignations, Jody jumps in to be like, hey, I'm not going anywhere. And an interesting tidbit from that article was it said something like Miss Spears, as recently as yesterday, has asked Miss Montgomery to continue to serve. So that made me think that Brittany understood that Sam was resigning and was probably approached by the both of them together. I would think they would work in con like concert with one another mm -hmm. to come to Brittany with something like that. Because why else would Brittany be like, oh, yes, and I'd like you to stay my conservator. Like, she just was complaining about this woman. There's no fucking way that that was her desire. But maybe when you're in a state of flux where the team is turning over, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to get rid of you right now. Right. Like, yeah, either way, you're exposed, bitch. Exactly. I have you on the ropes. Like, why would I yeah. get rid of you? <laughs> I've been so much time. Me for 13 yeah. fucking years. I think I can handle it for a little bit longer. <laughs> And this, this feels like one of those things too. So this statement was given a few hours after the Sam Ingham news came out or within, I think within the couple of hours after it came out and part of the Sam Ingham TMZ exclusive towards the end was them saying, our sources say there will be more resignation, more resignations this week as well. So this feels very much like who me? No, not me. Cause who else at this point could be resigning? Like Jamie, I guess could resign as co-conservator of, well, I mean, Bessemer is about to be off. So he's technically co-conservator for a second of the estate but like it seems unlikely that jamie would just be like oh yeah i'm gonna step down now like we don't need it's not an airport so we don't need like one of jamie's lawyers to announce their departure from this vivian like, it, well vivian <laughs> might want to do a press conference just because she misses the camera but like it just it feels like there's no way that this isn't about jody so to have your lawyer and even this so page six when they're quoting this you know says told us via her attorney Lori and right like this again to your point before about like Larry's letter feeling so cautious and like it was 
written in a room in a conference room with all these lawyers like this is a damage control situation here too that like even the the painstaking way that they're having to say that this is you know told via the attorney so she has no plans to step down which even that i feel like is that some sort of funny wording where they could then tomorrow be like oh well this was unexpected we didn't have this plan but now we're doing it but then she remains committed to steadfastly supporting Ms. spears in every way she can within the scope of her duties as a conservator of the person like okay she will, Miss Montgomery will continue to serve as a conservator for as long as Miss Spears and the court desire her to do so. Like, even all of this feels like very specific wording that could be wriggled out of in a moment's notice if one were to de desire to do so, which it seems like there is a strong desire to run in the opposite direction here. And Jody has been sued before. Jody knows all about being sued in relation to conservatorship cases. <laughs> I love that clip that's been surfacing of Jody from however many years ago talking about how scary it is to have the government um, uh, investigate you. And she's like, the worst thing <laughs> in the world is having the government investigate you because they can pull up all kinds of stuff. And it's like, girl, are you <laughs> like, are, like, are these people out of their minds? It's almost like they've been awarded the opportunity to be so sloppy and messy for so many years that it's like they're they're like out of touch or something like it's the, like, the thing is, and it's every player in this entire affair i mean between crowd surf and tristar and these fucking jokers it's like a clown car of quote-unquote professionals i've never seen anything like this before and i work in corporate america so i know incompetence at like that type of level this is unreal i i have never worked with a team this bad troy think back to all of the horrible like management of free britney when it first started lisa and i have been talking about this lately they had a chance to basically squash this in its tracks they just needed to have a little bit of culpability and hide enough of the truth mm. but they didn't take that approach at all they just like dug their heels in, called it a conspiracy theory. And this thing has been like the foundation has been shaken ever since and just slowly yeah. rotting away. You're totally right. And I think that they take, they either don't know or they take for granted the fact that Britney's fans have been able to monitor this through the internet for a, over a decade. Like there's so much factual, there's screenshots and documents and there are things that are out into the world that are, that people have access to. And like the difference now is that everybody is, is interested in viewing them. Whereas before it was just Britney's in quotes, crazy fans. Um, but it's almost like they either don't know or don't care that this stuff is all on the internet. There are text messages and and all kinds of things. Sam Luffy has a fucking tr a, a trunk full of things that he's ready to. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like I don't. It's like I I can't I can't figure out if they don't know or just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I think on the team conservatorship side, some of it does seem to be truly a lack of savvy where like these are people who believe you could delete parts of the internet like these are people who don't seem to understand because that's something we've talked about since day one of doing the podcast but we were talking about it longer than that before like 
especially around some of the Lou Taylor stuff, like this woman seems to think that she can really just threaten lawsuits about any information she doesn't want out there, even if it's real. And to your point, Troy, like this seeming unawareness of, you know, I think of that email all the time that Brittany was sending her lawyer about like, why is this woman at my house trying to give me these hats and stuff? Like, I feel like Lou doesn't seem to understand that people can still read that email. And it's like the Barbara Streisand effect, like the more she tries to hide this stuff like the more people are going to be curious about like what's going on like you can't just delete this stuff like especially now that it's so widespread but on the courts end like I feel like you know the fans and now the general public that aren't even Britney fans are so invested in this in a way that it's if the court has no real recourse here or no real duty to be doing something about the incompetence that they're seeing, then that, again, it just speaks to how broken the conservatorship system is because these are not effective. This is not effective representation for a person who, it, whether they lack capacity or not, like this wouldn't be okay, whether they were a famous person or not, this wouldn't be okay for the, this person to be represented and surrounded by this this level of people and so if there's not an interest or an, a way actually for the court to do something about that like that really it just feels like not only is team conservatorship two steps behind clearly the court system is broken in a way that can't be fixed because you know what was their response to the increased scrutiny that they're now under to shut down audio of all court cases not just Britney's but all like they don't so, want any level of transparency there so I have to interject because we actually have some breaking news as we're recording this oh so, sweet baby Jesus oh god so out, outside of Sam Ingham uh officially filing his resignation to the court uh Loeb and Loeb have also uh resigned as counsel for Britney Jean Spears the recommendation uh for the appointment of counsel is court appointed counsel not Brittany oh, picking the call her, is coming from inside the counsel. house seriously so, so this is i mean i think look judge penny has all the leeway in the world in this case she can decide whatever she wants mm -hmm. if she makes the decision not to allow Brittany to hire her own counsel at this point i really i, I mean this is going to be a hell of a battle yeah. Brittany needs the the highest paid attorney in the world. Like she needs someone that is an absolute shark and that is going to love every minute of theater in this case because mm -hmm. she ultimately needs someone that's going to play in the court and in the public. Yeah, she needs a lawyer that understands that this is an unprecedented case. And like like I said earlier, even outside of it being Brittany, this is one of the the most prolific legal cases in American history. And this will be talked about in like history books. I mean, this is yeah. like, this is a huge, massive deal. And the entire world is watching. And like, I, this is, oh God. Wow, that just, well, that th threw me off a little bit. Yeah, I, and I'm glad that it broke before. We still haven't gotten to the to the New Yorker piece yet. <laughs> So I know. Three more things are going to break because we're <laughs> going to take probably six hours to go through that. So by the time we're done, like I can only fucking imagine. Well, let's. <laughs> so let's let's. I think I'll put a pin in that because we're still going to need to process that. But yeah. just goes to show that Lisa, it's just you're absolutely right. There's there's a lot at play right here, and Brittany is 
this is a David and Goliath story at this point, which is crazy because she's an international pop star. Like this is just so bizarre and flips every narrative on its head with like what's expected. So, I mean, one last thing maybe before we get to the New Yorker is just Britney's most recent Instagram post where she tagged the Graham girls. What the fuck? Shocking. So, so some people are like, this is uh, this is Cassie. This is a ploy. Why? I don't know why anyone would want to think that. It could be, but it's sort of silly. Like, it's not really... It works in Britney's favor. It's an amazing story. It's such a bone to throw to the fans that believe in free Britney. So it doesn't seem like it's a Team Con thing. Yeah, because, like, the... They because they are still under the like they want people to believe that you know the free Britney stuff is crazy even still right so I I can't wrap my head around why they I was thinking about like that like what I was thinking about that like what would be the reason that they would do it like what would be the goal and I can't it I mean that was Britney like that was Britney did that or is Cassie truly that incompetent that she accidentally <laughs> tagged i mean because that's the thing so crowd surf like i don't think that they're they're not 100 percent team conservatorship but i think they fall into that management area where i think they're not maybe as directly involved where like larry can say whatever he wants but when britney's talking in her statement about the management that was telling her therapist she wasn't cooperative like that seems hardcore to be Lou and Larry and or both a combo whatever I feel like the crowd surf is like a, a second or third tier of the management where like definitely most of the things that are going on with Instagram are ultimately helping team conservatorship in some way but mm -hmm. yeah this this is one where it does feel like this didn't help their case so they either didn't intend to do this or they did and like is Cassie breaking free like is she saying seeing the way that the the chips are falling and is like you know what like I'm going for it like I don't know or improbably did Britney magically get control of her Instagram especially at this height in time where it seems like they would literally not even want her to be like leaving a room without someone watching her because of how heightened things are right now I don't know but it, I was I was truly shocked. Right, and it's so specific that it's a tag. Like, it's not in the caption. I know that that sounds really petty, but it's like, they're tagged. You know what I mean? So it's like, if, you know, the way that they describe their whole gig is that like, Britney sends them, you know, the post and then what she wants it to say or whatever, and they approve it and post it. It's like, I don't know. It just it just hits different that they're tagged. Do you yeah, absolutely. Because whoever, whether it's Britney or somebody else, like that wasn't like a copy and paste copy right. caption. That was something that someone actively had to do before hitting, like pressing send to actually post this. Exactly. So, like, yeah, whoever, what, like. It's fascinating. And like, as of right now, it's still up because that was, I guess, part of the thing too, is like, if it disappears really quickly, what does that mean? Right? Like, I don't know. So like, I, it just, I mean, in, in the, I can only imagine how many more thousands of followers they've gotten right now. Cause I think there was a tweet 
like an hour after, or not even an hour after saying that it already gotten 4,000 new followers. So if the goal here was to not have people looking into the case on the eve of Britney's, the Graham girls, Tess and Babs, releasing their new podcast, Toxic, I mean, you can't pay for this kind of publicity. What a genius viral marketing campaign for their podcast, which will be further exposing the the conspiracy that is this conservatorship, this criminal conspiracy, it appears. What? I don't know what, I really don't know what the hell is going on with CrowdSurf. I do know that Cassie is like the CEO. She owns that company or she's an entrepreneur, I think. But my whole thing is if, if you're the one posting Britney Spears stuff, I'm like, how important can you be a CEO of CrowdSurf? You know, like it just doesn't seem like a big operation. And this does seem like something they could have edited out if they wanted to or felt like they made a mistake. It seems really deliberate, which I don't know that I don't know what benefit to what end they would post something like that. It doesn't seem like anyone in their right mind would ever think that that would be a negative to the movement. It's just going to fan the flames even more, which I don't know. I mean, maybe they're just looking for things to get even more wild so they can try to play victims. Like we've seen some others try to do in, in Britney's immediate inner circle, but I mean, she hasn't commented on this post, but Lynn Spears did. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Oh, if- my did? God. Wait, Lynn commented? Lynn did? commented in the last 47 minutes. OMG, it is his art. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, my. I am- we, even though Fee appears <laughs> to be on vacation in Egypt right now, we got a oh, wowza from Fee with lots of exclamation points. So we'll see if young JL, JL wants to weigh in on the conversation or if she's too busy posting uh, screenshots of gifts in her Instagram stories. <laughs> but but has Courtney Love weighed in? <laughs> right. That's the real has, question. Has Courtney written a song? I about think she's waiting to figure out what her next acoustic cover is going to be. Uh, she's uh, like, so bring she his might... kids art is on the wall. <laughs> the writing's on the wall. <laughs> no, this is like, and it's like if we. Like I, I thought that we were as as fans, we were like, just like the movement in general. Like you can't help but speculate. But now, post, you know that our new article coming out and knowing that Britney's receiving cell phones in plastic steam rooms, it's like the floodgates are open. The floodgates are open. It's with like yeah. it, you know what I mean. There's no going back now. Well, I think this the New Yorker piece really has pulled at so many threads. I, I'm shocked that we are still finding out new information. And I really know that this is just the beginning, given the fact mm-hmm. that the conservatorship has gone on for 13 years. But what a sad portrait this paints of Britney's life. She seems so lonely. And that makes me so sad. I think that b- besides the quotes from Lynn's old friend, Jackie, I think the quotes from her housekeeper are probably like, the thing that stuck with me the most and every piece of information we find out only reinforces the idea that Brittany really has been a victim of so many different people and different agendas and she at at the very least she just deserves to live out the rest of her life free of all of this bullshit it honestly really it really put into perspective well that first of all that like the amount of trauma the levels 
and the layers of trauma that she doesn't even know that she'll spend the rest of her life working through and never be able to get through half of it. Like the amount of trauma that that girl has been through. And, you know, the thing about the article that made me really sad was that it kind of confirmed this thing that as fans, we've always known that this conservatorship sort of like, it drained her of her spirit. And like when people talk about like, you know, Britney being weird now, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, it's drugs. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's all these different things. But at the end of the day, like this conservatorship drained Britney of her spirit, like the spirit that we knew. And when people talk about old Britney versus new Britney, all that stuff, it's like this conservatorship killed that girl, you know? Yeah, the, the old Britney doesn't exist. And, and that's not, there's nothing Britney could have done to like she's done her best and we, I mean we've said this multiple times now and I know you said this too on your emergency episode Troy the fact that she's still fighting back at all at this point after what she's gone through is is so impressive but just this whole thing is so deeply sad and I mean even the title of the Britney's conserv Britney Spears conservatorship nightmare is the title of this article like this was truly horrific in a way that I didn't when this came out I was just excited that you know Ronan Farrow obviously the catch and kill book podcast the initial articles that led to that that was really significant in the me too movement and Gia Tolentino is such a talented writer as well. So I was just excited that they were writing about it because we've had people for years now that are like, well, when when's Ronan Farrow going to do something? Because I feel like he's now become synonymous with these exposés, especially when you're talking about like entrenched systemic power, like just nonsense, misogyny, like all that stuff. He's become so identified with a lot of those cases. But I thought this was going to be similar to framing Britney Spears or the piece pieces of Britney uh, BBC podcast that just came out. I thought it was going to be like that, like a good overview of everything for the people that are new to this. I didn't realize how many pieces of new information like that would be new to people like us and how fucking brutal this was gonna, like I knew it was going to be upsetting. But there were certain pieces of this that like I still I reread this again right before we recorded and was like, why am I reading this again? Like, it, it's so difficult to read this. Yeah, I think like with some of the first information that we find out from a source that Ronan has is about her Instagram and how it works and sort of how her team sort of meets without her and kind of run everything kind of independent of Britney's input except there is this piece about what she posts on Instagram and kind of saying that, you know, she posts everything or she writes everything and submits it to CrowdSurf and they just literally upload it. In but, most cases, they say, they, they say there are sometimes where there's legal questions that something's been too deemed too sensitive to upload in this team member. Cause that's an, right off the top. It's clear that they are talking to one of these 10 people that is on this call every Thursday at noon about her career, because this person seems to know a lot about a lot. And they say she's not supposed to discuss the conservatorship, but we've heard before that thing about who's supposedly like that. Britney's posting like 90% is really her. Um, which again, I, you know, that's, that's take it with a grain of salt, but yeah, right away, we're getting this super detailed thing. I mean, who, who are those 10 people? 
in on these calls. But I think the important thing here is they're acknowledging that some posts have not been posted for legal reasons. And it's specifically related to the conservatorship and that she's not supposed to talk about it, which I am under no, no I have no knowledge of any type of conservatorship that doesn't allow someone to legally talk about their conservatorship. So that right yeah. there is, I think, the takeaway is that they have been silencing her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her content has to be uh, just about as watered down as it possibly can be in order for her to be allowed to post it. It's like, God forbid she says anything of substance. And I mean, we definitely know for sure that like, you know, there are certain videos and stuff that they've made her post like her reading those Mm -hmm. in the zone letters and stuff and her literally rocking back and forth on her broken, her broken (laughs) foot. Um, You know, it's like, I almost felt like they, they said that in order to be like covered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. It's hard to believe anyone in this situation, but we have to kind of, we have to sort of take it as a whole mm-hmm. and it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they actually block a lot of her posts, but sort of are minimizing it in this delivery, but still giving us some really important information about the context for why something would not be posted. Right. And I don't think that they, I mean, I, 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 this could be full conspiracy theory, but I definitely think that they like to post stuff that makes people question sanity for sure like I think they like posting weird shit yeah they I think that they do a timing thing like I think all of this stuff has been submitted by Brittany but I think that I've started to notice a pattern where they sandwich a lot of what I think are her posts with dancing videos Mm -hmm. and so what it does is it creates that feeling if you're scrolling through of a lot more chaos so when and they do this a lot when stuff is going down like I would not be surprised if we get a dancing video within the next few hours i'm fully ready for that because they they do seem to do that so i i think that they just kind of like dole them out when they need them i think so for sure because the the initial top of this paragraph this every thursday at noon these 10 people who are responsible for managing spears's legal and business affairs public relations and social media meet to discuss merchandise deals song licensing requests and spears posts to instagram and twitter like that's all part of these meetings every week so there's no way that there's not a bigger discussion there and again like who are these 10 people like i'm gonna guess larry's in those meetings like i'm gonna guess Lou used to be in those meetings. Jamie's in them. Probably one or two of his lawyers. I maybe Cassie Petrie, or they just tell her after. I don't know if they just send her an email. Like, here's what we decided. Like, no idea. But like, there's nothing. Brittany is not in, involved in in any of this. So yeah, I think you're totally right. There's some sort of strategy behind all of this that you know, public relations is the word that they used right before social media. Like, there's no way that those are intertwined on her team's end. So I feel like the next thing that we get to in this article is another sort of bombshell. We find out that Brittany called 911 on her conservator. I fucking love this girl. <laughs> the, the, day, the day laughing. before she was supposed to testify in that, because the first sentence of the piece is on June 22nd, Britney Spears management team started getting nervous. And we get to why in this paragraph, because she literally fucking called 911 to report herself as a victim of conservatorship abuse. 
She has a song called 911. <laughs> <laughs> that like, was just, iconic. I'm just fucking saying, like, when I read this, I knew that I was in for a completely different experience with this article than I thought initially. <laughs> yeah. Like, that to me, I was like, okay, what? Like, this, and it just confirmed, I'm not, I know we've said it now like 40 times that I keep repeating it, but it's like, she really is this is some spy shit like the story she could write the book she could write about her life could you imagine at like 60 years old when britney is like hitting the last key on her fucking typewriter and she's like and i'm done and all of this oh my god it's very snooky typing the letter to sam energy (laughs) It's like, like he's it's, like, oh my god, this is gonna be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like rubs her hands together. And I'm so, so glad that this Brittany is still there and fighting, like you said, because calling 911 is pretty fucking ballsy. Yeah. And and only at this point do people start being concerned about what she might say to the judge. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Why would they be surprised that she might say something that would get people riled up? Well, let's were- let's read it. It's that members of Spears' team began texting one another frantically. They were worried about what Spears might say the next day, and they discussed how to prepare in the event that she went rogue. What do what does it mean for Brittany to go rogue? Because Calling 911 to report yourself a victim of conservatorship abuse when you are a victim of conservatorship abuse doesn't sound like you're going rogue necessarily. Like, what what did they think, you know, like, at that point, they realized the wheels were falling off the story that had been fabricated for 13 years? 1,000%. What does that mean, going rogue? It's like, going rogue as in you mean, bad, like, being a bad girl? Well, there's so much of that in this article at some point later on we get to that individual on our team that was like oh yeah let's just let her make all of her decisions that'll go great like that's called being a human in the world you fucking monsters yeah so there really is like a complete cult-like mentality around people that are working on this case lisa i know i always ask you what the name of that experiment is and i'm probably putting you on the spot again but there's that experiment about like people in mental illness facilities who are not actually suffering from mental illness but doctors treat them as if they are because they just expect to see someone that's sick yeah it's the it's the I don't know how to pronounce it it's either the Rosenhan or Rosenhan experiment but it's all about how confirmation bias if you've been told that somebody isn't well everything they do will confirm to you that they're not well even if Mm. they are actually completely they they're not diagnosed with anything they're mentally very healthy at that moment so i feel like that's part of this here right is what if these people that are working around her and again it's not all team conservatorship who we're hearing from here the members of the team when they're talking about her team this is her management right so what lie have you been telling yourselves or i don't even know if they need to lie to themselves to get themselves to do this stuff you have totally written this this person off as completely incapacitated like the conservatorship says i mean the fact that to me i felt like this paragraph was 
I mean, I already knew we were in for something, but when they're talking about members of the team texting each other frantically, not only were these people in a cult, now we're starting to have some people not necessarily break out of the cult, but they're starting to turn on each other because throughout this whole piece, Ronan and Gia were able to speak to somebody who is very close to the day-to-day, who's part of the day-to-day. So the fact that they're now talking to me is just wild. But then the things that they're saying, like that this person is still of the mindset that Brittany seemingly deserves to be in this situation but that they're turning on each other basically to talk about all of that like I found that part fascinating yeah because it seems like they've collectively been bonded by the like the reason that this has worked so well and why Jamie's been able to keep this like this as a well-oiled machine is because they've been able to just dole out money to you know they just stuff money in people's mouths as I put it last week like you know even down to Kevin like anybody who could say something or, or, or do something out of line or doesn't agree or whatever, they just, they're able to just, they have an unlimited amount of money that they can just dish out to whoever. And it just keeps pouring in. And to think like all of that money that she's been making in Vegas and just in general, all goes towards like keeping this, this like conservatorship, I would call it almost like a community of people like to keep them all fed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I have no she, doubt. She that- roofed them. She roofed them. <laughs> Cars <laughs> and trucks. She roofed them. <laughs> One of her best lines. No, but seriously, I, I, I think that they do a good job at this point in the article of kind of summing things up and getting the reader caught up on the situation. But the next part in this piece that had, I, I had chills up my spine is when we get to lynn we have a lot to talk about with lynn today well like this article but when it starts off because it's jackie who who thought we'd be hearing from jackie jackie butcher no no, but the like the beginning of this is that ronan is talking to lynn or i think it's ronan one of them is talking to lynn Yes, but right before that, we have the first quote from Jackie. For They say Jacqueline Butcher, a former friend of the Spears family. We get that right before we have the the discussion of Lynn whispering into a phone. So immediately when Jackie Butcher's name came up, I'm like, what's happening here? Like, they got a hold of her and she's willing to talk because her initial statement is she now feels bad that she was who helped testify to get this conservatorship started she thought she was helping and i wasn't i helped her corrupt family seize all of this control then to your point jacqueline we immediately pivot to jamie and lynn chills both of them lynn not just jamie like ooh, lynn and you guys listen i have been a long time um i am not a lynn gal uh i I've never been a fan of Lynn Spears, even like back in the day. I just get, I've always gotten weird vibes from her, like even way back in the day. It just rubs you wrong? She just rubs me a little wrong. Like I just don't find anything she says to be genuine at all. Like I, I really, I can't picture a time when I've heard Lynn speak in front of a camera and be genuine in any way. I do think that she is much savvier and plays that very, oh, who me? Mm-hmm. Southern mm-hmm. Belle. She definitely does that very well, without question. And I think that we've been much, much nicer to her. And this last week, I'm like, whoa, 
It was, it was Agatha all along. Like I had chills <gasps> reading this. I was like, oh shit. Like we took our eyes off of her and we like, even like you said, Jacqueline, even her whispering into the phone and her like, oh shucks thing of what she's saying to like, she said she couldn't comment on the case, but then she says it's a lot of pain, a lot of worry. She added a little Riley. I'm good. I'm good at deflecting. Like, I feel like we're getting this like master performance here where like mm-hmm. I was fucking shaken. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she was, she was saying that she was afraid that she might have to hang up in case someone from the family found out she was talking to a reporter. So that made me think at first, oh my goodness, we need to protect Lynn. So I was reading this in the beginning of the first time I was reading through it, not knowing what to expect near the end, when I was like, oh my goodness, like this woman's also terrorized. She's at her own home. She can't talk to a reporter. And which family member was she talking about? Ivy, Jamie Lynn's daughter, who she's I babysitting. Mean, like, seriously, what is she talking about? Like, I have to think that this is Jamie Lynn. The only other person I think it could be is Brian, but I'm thinking she's been spending more time with Jamie Lynn lately. So she's, it's, she's, she's been babysitting worried. her kids. Yeah, she's worried Jamie Lynn is going to walk in on her talking to a reporter. Holy shit. Like, what the fuck is going on with this family? And to be fair, to play devil's advocate and just to kind of like piggyback off of your point, like, I mean, it is when you think about it, it's hard to think about anybody else going through anything in this family when Brittany is going through this like monumental trauma. But it is crazy that Lynn um, has this strange relationship with her husband, her ex-husband, who did abuse her and you know, at one time she had to have like a restraining order against, and now like he kind of runs her life in a weird way too. You know what I mean? Like it is a weird, it would be interesting to hear her unfiltered thoughts about it. I mean, yeah, we usually, I feel like we're the devil's advocate for Lynn for years, but yeah, I mean, it's undeniable that the house she lives in was purchased for her by Brittany and if Britney's no longer in charge of her money to be paying for that house, who's in charge of the money paying for that house? Like Jamie is obviously in charge, but it it's hard. There's so many layers of trauma and toxicity here that who's to really say, like Lynn is, is doing harm as well, but harm has been done to Lynn. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've lost the ability that we had for two years of this podcast to be sticking <laughs> up for Lynn. Like I really, find her now to be like totally like we we fell for for the the honeyed voice scam so i think that we should actually just stay on lynn and talk our way through the key pieces or the key pieces about her in this article does that make sense does that feel right for everybody because i want to stay with this because they're very religious this Mm -hmm. family apparently and my understanding of the Bible is first comes the sowing, then comes the reaping. My goodness, did she not reap a lot of this? The res- like She practically handed this to Jamie on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. And by this, I mean the conservatorship, thinking that this would just be temporary and not really giving a lot of what seems to be critical or forethought to the fact that why would someone with his personality type wielding the, the power of a multi-million dollar estate not react exactly as Jamie is purported to have reacted? Well, and her her choice, because 
Jackie says she recalled Lynn replying that the conservatorship would last only a few months and that it would be best for Spears to resent Jamie rather than her when it was all over. That was the line of all the line that like my blood ran cold around Lynn. Like obviously there was so much worse stuff around Brittany, but you're right. Like she knows Jamie's personality, which we should also say Jamie, it's his birthday today, correct? What kind of birthday is, is Jamie Spears having right now? <laughs> Lots of monster energy. He's crushing monster energy cans against his forehead. They are full while he's doing that PS. But Lynn knows what Jamie's like. And Lynn, to try to play this double crazy switcheroo so that she could get out of Brittany being mad at her in the end, thought that it made sense for any period of time to be having Jamie in charge of Brittany's life. Like, that's fucking cold. Like, ice cold and crazy. Like, a terrible determination. Like, horrible decision making because later in the the par- same paragraph or the next paragraph they're talking about Lynn had all of these ideas about how she wanted this to go she's telling Jackie all this stuff and as soon as they get in the conference room what's Jamie doing fucking screaming I am Britney Spears can you imagine what that sounded like coming from him <laughs> it's been in my spirit since I read it like it is on me like a Phaeton I literally am like I had to read that paragraph <laughs> so many times to really comprehend that he was going. And then when they said like, and it was like something that he would later sort of adapt and say all the time, I am British Spears. <laughs> I can't. I- Can I tell you though, this has Lou Taylor's fingerprints all fucking over it. Let's think about it. Lynn includes what seems to be a sensationalized version of events that took place with Sam Levy right before the 5150 hold, which completely directs the public towards assuming that he's the one that implemented it. And Lisa and I have talked in the very early episodes about how we think that that was total bullshit. We know that it was actually Jamie and Lou that planned, carefully planned the conservatorship and that Sam didn't really have anything to do with it. And so it's the, the book was ghostwritten by a friend of Lou Taylor, <laughs> Lynn thanks Lou in the book. And it just seems like that was like a perfect vehicle to help continue to build a certain narrative around the conservatorship. And no one was going to read that fucking book. They were just going to read the excerpts of it mm-hmm. and take it as fact and not interrogate it. Separately, I wonder who was in Lynn's ear convincing her that this would only be a temporary arrangement and that she would have power and influence. Because the team must have understood that they needed to kind of sell this to Lynn to just to let her kind of feel super confident. It almost seems like she was made to believe that she was pulling the strings when she wasn't, which is hysterical because it's the same thing they do with Jamie Spears. They just make him think that he's playing manager, but really they're just kind of playing him like a fiddle. Right. Like they appease him because they know that he's just like this big brute idiot who likes to be in control, you know, it's a lot of like ego stroking, you know, and with her, it's like, not to jump ahead in the article, but I do think that it's in the same paragraph where they talk about her saying like, um, you know, I would, I would rather people be mad at him than me, you know, like, I don't want people to be, I don't want Brittany to be angry at me. I want her to be mad at him. And it's like, what, like, that's the ultimate to not like, put your foot down for your kid because you don't want to be the bad parent and then like look at the result 
just look at the result immediately because we have the, the, I think it's, is it on the next couple of paragraphs, maybe like it's, it's like 10 paragraphs later where we have all of this stuff that Jackie's talking about that we have to get back to about how Jamie's treating Brittany, which is fucking bananas. But there's this description of how Jamie's like berating her constantly and telling her that she needs, she only can see her kids again if she cooperates. And Jackie's description is Lynn was just like, obey daddy and they'll let you out. Mm, like oh my god and that seems unfortunately if you think about what lynn put up with with jamie that does seem like kind of a learned behavior that she has where it's like just go along to get along and you'll get what you want Mm -hmm. at the same time i have no doubt in my mind that lynn always kind of played Brittany and jamie against each other so she could get support i mean i I think I, I want to get into some of those text messages that have resurfaced lately. Me too. <laughs> oh Do my have... God. So, okay. So we had some, there, there was a case between where Sam Lutvi filed a defamation suit against the Spearses for specifically a lot of the account that Lynn had in her book. So a part of the discovery were text messages between Sam Lutvi and Lynn Spears. And I, I mean, Lisa, do you want to do us the honor of reading a couple of these? Like, oh my I don't even God. know. I don't even know. <laughs> okay. Amongst the accusations you have that Lynn, that that Brittany punched Lynn in the face because she was apparently flirting with K-Fed. Holy fucking. Oh, oh my God. Lynn faking, faking having cancer and saying she has a mass in her nose where Sam Lutvi is responding saying, Lynn, you have a sinus infection. I just talked to Allie. Why are you like trying to create a dramatic event to get Brittany to talk to you? And then like this like really weird exchange where I have to tell you this is the stuff that makes me feel more sympathetic towards Jamie Lynn than most people do. But like your mom is talking to some fucking like scumbag and telling him like call Jamie Lynn to convince her to go. Like what is the matter with these people? I know. Seriously, what is wrong with them? It's and like, that she needs the invite, sorry to cut you off, that she needs Brittany to invite herself. Like, just the games that are being played in these text messages. This is a grown-ass woman that is playing yeah. these games. That's, like, literally what I was going to say. It's just, like, she clearly just has really enjoyed the game for so long. And, like, for so many years, it, it was, she was able to benefit from it and, you know, paint this picture of herself as this you know, sweet, innocent, docile, you know, conservative, Christian, you know, perfect for the 90s lifetime movie mom, you know, who, who like left the kids at the daycare to make her daughter a star, nothing more. And like, I can't imagine what was the, the stuff. I just, I, I, I would picture Britney sits and rethinks her interactions with her mom when she was younger, not even a kid, but like younger in the industry, you know, like 98, 99, 2000, where she's just like, wow, bitch, like, did you ever really care about my fucking well-being? I think that what's interesting, though, is Lynn, Brittany had always talked about how her mom was more like a sister. Mm-hmm. Lynn was like a cool mom, you know, yeah. and there seems to be a bit of a P- Peter Pan syndrome there. Of- totally of not really wanting to grow up and she has she had some hard times so i certainly get it but it feels like she is emotionally stunted and so she she sort of behaves the way that you would behave with your sister when you're you know teenagers 
mm-hmm. and hasn't really moved past that emotional state. Not at all. I mean, I'll, I'm not going to read all of them, but just some of, some of these little excerpts, this is not a mature person in the way she's speaking about her daughter. I am the grandmother. You act like she is a saint. Well, I have news for you. She is no saint. You act as if you know everything. Even Jackie says you are in over your head. Sam responds, oh, well, that's fine. And maybe I am, but honestly, I feel like I'm in the twilight zone with you all. Uh, Lynn then goes on to talk about uh, Sam says her own sister hasn't called, texted, or visited her in nine months. That's probably because you are influencing that. Lynn responds, not true. That is because she sees her big sister act like a maniac on TV and it embarrasses her. Then we go through, she, Lynn is the sob story. Cause I do believe, and this is something we have said before, but now I believe it even harder. Lynn can put a sob story on like no one's business. I'm sure Lynn goes out. She has put us through hell for all these years. She ignored her aunt Sandra's funeral. Your mother just called me. She is very sweet. Sam replies, good. Maybe it will rub off. You should listen to her. (laughs) Lynn says, I am not just getting on a plane and going there. And so Sam then responds, my mom even said you could stay at her house or I'll put you up at the Four Seasons. I don't care, but you need to come here and bond with your daughter. You need to apologize to her and you need therapy, Lynn. I mean, with I mean that with the utmost sincerity, the way you conduct yourself and the things you tell her are extremely damaging to someone's mind and soul. Lynn responds back first with like, I guess she's having gibberish because she's like overcome with rage. I don't need therapy. Call JL and convince her to go to Los Angeles. I mean, not therapy. So then he says, you need to apologize her and you need therapy, Lynn. So then she then says, I am in no mood. He responds, are you fucking out of your mind? Lynn responds, have you read the magazines? They're saying she tried to file a restraining order against me. And we have talked about this in one of our letters of truth episode, because there is that letter of truth right towards the end of when Brittany stopped writing them. That's right around this, this time seemingly. And we linked, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe some pap footage or whatever of Brittany serving Lynn on the set of Zoe 101, I believe. <laughs> I'm praying Lynn, for you, mama. <laughs> praying for you. So Lynn then says, have you read the magazine? So she loves, she loves to see me suffer. Sam responds, that is because she did try to file one and I put a stop to it and I talked to her about it. You need to come here and mention it. I'm sick of being the middleman, especially when you never commit to anything. We can all stay at the Malibu house. I'll take pics of you and her hugging it out and I'll let her hand them to the press. Will that make you happy? I will call Barbara Walters tomorrow and tell her you are close to her again. Okay. Lynn responds, how do I know she will agree to that? I can't go to the supermarket without seeing my face on all the magazines. Sam responds, I seriously think I need the therapy now. I really do not get any of this. What what on earth? Lynn responds, I don't even have money to buy a plane ticket. And that's pretty much where it leaves off. But this to me, we already felt like Lynn could play the, the woe is me act. She's literally, like you said at the beginning, Jacqueline, she wants Sam to pretend that she has found, that they have found a mass in her nose, a cancerous mass in her nose so that Brittany will call her back. And Sam's like, I'm not going to pretend that you have cancer for Brittany to call you back, you maniac. Can I just, I have to interject here because on June 24th, 2007, we have Brittany's letters of truth on our website. And they're one of the last posts was mother to grandmother and my, my, your grand. And that was four days before Brittany confronted Lynn on the set of Zoe 101. The blood, it was bad. Okay. It it was bad. Wow. It's, it's, and then those fucking pictures, those pictures that, by the way, I had like 
sort of blocked out of my mind or just forgot seeing a million years ago. But those pictures of them fake hugging and Lynn like holding her and looking into her eyes. And you know, Sam was taking them with like a Blackberry bold. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I, I used to like be happier to see those like, okay, like they were making up and in this context is really creepy and bizarre. And I just, it's so hard to know what to make of these relationships at this point, but everything feels so completely toxic. I was hoping that, you know, she could kind of bounce back with, you know, make decisions about her family that felt right for her. Lynn, it's still hard to read. I mean, her attorney is the only one being supportive. She is apparently the only one with an attorney that is not being paid for by Brittany. It did seem to take a really dramatic event for Lynn to come into things. And I can't really tease that out. Was it opportunistic? Was it the extremeness of what they did to her? Like, where before she felt like it was within reason, even though it obviously isn't. I mean, I don't know. It almost feels to me like it's like, for Lynn, because Lynn obviously especially based off what you just read like lynn is very you know aware of her appearance you know public appearance is like a really big deal to her and it's like this is her fucking mother and for people who don't know what's going on it's like the number one question that people message me is like who haven't followed this is like where's her mom you know what i mean like it's like at a certain point like you have to as her mom it's like i feel like she's probably thinks that she has to get ahead of it somehow because she can't just fucking sit and drink sweet tea and and, i mean that's by far the the number one question we're asked to troy and one of the things that we'd always said which like i do feel like part of this is still true but again like has to be taken in a totally different light now lou can say all she wants in this article where i believe when they asked her in the lead up to the conservatorship about her being in all of the meetings and Lynn, uh, or excuse me, Lou's lawyer characterizes it as she was listening more than participating, whatever the fuck that means. And this is like the, the, those weeks between the two 5150s where we've said long, like forever that clearly they were working behind the scenes for a really long time to make sure that when they put Brittany in the second 5150 hold, the conservatorship would be able to be filed right away. But at the time we always thought one of the reasons that Lou, who does seem to be the architect of this, allegedly she can say whatever she wants, but it, it seems like it was more than listening that was going on. Lou was the person that wanted to throw Jamie Lynn in the nunnery when she was pregnant. And Lynn didn't want that to happen and had a friend come over to stand up to, it seems like Lou and Jamie to prevent that from happening. So it seems like maybe Lynn wouldn't be as amenable to the things that Lou or whoever were suggesting. And they thought that Jamie would be, that was always the reason I feel like when people are asking, well, what about Lynn? That was part of the reason it seemed like that Lynn's name wasn't on the conservatorship documents because they already knew from very recent memory that Lynn would not go along with something maybe as extreme. Now that's out the window. I That is not, I feel like, an accurate portrayal anymore. Part of it could still be a little bit true, but mm. I th- just the statement of she wanted Jamie to resent, Brittany to resent Jamie and not her. 
when this was done. Like that is like, this is a cold blooded calculated move. Like this is not wow. But I, I don't think that she gets there on her own. And don't forget, Lynn was used to having much more influence. In this article, when it talks about Brittany marrying K-Fed, it, Jackie Butcher says that Lynn damn near lost her mind that she didn't want to sign a prenup. And it, she specifically says they weren't going to let the wedding happen. So Brittany at the time is in her 20s. They had already had her annul one marriage. They're liter- they were withholding her option to get married before she was even in the conservatorship, apparently. And good for them. I'm glad that K-Fed didn't get any more of her money. And I'm glad that Jason Alexander didn't get her money. Don't get me wrong. But they were. She- Lynn was key in exerting influence in both of those situations. So I think that Lynn was talked out of pursuing power in that situation. I really do. I think that that just to me, this reads of reeks of fucking people like Larry and, and Lou. And I think that the Spears family were just these are not smart people. I'm sorry to cast aspirations on people's intelligence, but they have proven over and over and over that no matter how long they've been in the game, they are just not smart people and they can be played. And it's easy to play on people's ego when you come from fucking nothing. So they're just like, I mean, they're the perfect instrument for people like Larry and Lou who thrive mm. on that stuff. I mean, Lou fucking baptized Jamie. Jesus Christ. Well, I think that you make a good point when you say that Jamie, that or that uh, Lynn was used to having a certain level of power. I don't think people take into account, like, I think that all of what's going on right now makes it seem like all along, Jamie Spears has been, you know, this evil maniacal puppet master. But like before the, it's like, you know, as a young Britney fan, like I always knew Britney's mom to be like the one, the one and the only one. Like she was always there, always around, always like by Britney's side, you know, always sitting next to her during interviews and like always giving the okay for certain things. And Jamie was not around. I don't think people really take into account how uninvolved he was until until shit hit the fan. Like he was off literally like burying hooch in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> he had a smoothie stand. Smoothie <laughs> business? Yeah, like like Lynn was the one, you know, like and and then all of a sudden it just flipped so dramatically, but like yeah, that it it must have been a wild transition for her to realize I'm not in charge anymore. I have to ask permission too. I, I think, it, I mean, just like everything else about Britney's career, like whatever Lynn or whoever thought they were entering into, like this snowballed so quickly into something else beyond their control and something that they never truly understood, I think. Like, who knows like to your point Jacqueline how this was being described to Lynn or to Jamie or whatever but like they were immediately out of their element and were to able to be played at every turn for this to only become more and more nefarious like right off the bat the conservatorship was super damaging and super fucked up like it's not like over time it turned into something very toxic and dark like right away it was fucked up as we hear from Jackie But you know what, though? I think that it's also just really important to remember the Sam Lutby quotes in here where he basically talks about her being at her most free when she was with him. And it's because if she wanted something, he was just like, yeah, fucking do it. You're a millionaire. And 
it did show and I do to me the only time Britney's ever really been free is when she had Preston around that time like that first year she was pretty quiet her and Kefa were on the DL for mm. the most part they were kind of secluded enjoying their time as you know first time well for her first time parents um I I felt like that was the only time she really was more in control and calling the shots and that's when she separated from Larry Rudolph but I, it did strike me it felt very authentic that piece of it from Sam and I don't I think that he has like a whole sordid history. I, I don't understand the need to paint him as any type of hero in this situation. And Troy, I know you had a really good segment about that in one of your last Britney episodes. And I think you, you put it really well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that he is. I think that we should all look at Sam Luffy as somebody who is a, an, an extremely interesting figure. I think that out of everybody involved, I think Sam is like, maybe the second most interesting player in this whole thing, second to Brittany, honestly. I find Sam to be endlessly fascinating and his involvement in her life is um, insane. But like, yeah, Sam is like nobody to be trusted. I wouldn't trust Sam to like water one of my plants. He's terrifying. And, you know, I know that, yeah, the history is being rewritten about him for sure. And I know that people now have this sort of like skewed view of him because you do look back at those times and you hear the way that he talks about Brittany and you, you see the way that he talks to her family and it mirrors the way that we sound right now. But like, I, that's why I like, I wanted to make it clear in that episode that like, well, Sam hates the family. Like he hates them just as much as we do, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like he just hates them too. I think the quote from him about what you kind of talked about, Jacqueline, is so illuminating. Because even the way he's describing the relationship, and re- this is pre-conservatorship, but what she already was experiencing in terms of the level of restriction and the level of control, and at times it sounds like coercion she was already experiencing, he says the reason that he thinks that Brittany took to him was in part because she was because he told her that she didn't have to work nearly as hard as she was working. And he said she'd always believed that there were massive consequences if she didn't work, that she'd lose so much. And it blew her mind that she could just call the shots. You want to cancel a meeting? Cancel it. You're going to lose five grand? Lose it. She'd walk into a car dealership, say she wanted something. I'd say, buy it. Her parents would say, why would you let her do that? But it's an $80,000 car, not a yacht. And she just got 15 million from Estee Lauder. Anyway, she's an adult. I'm not going to tell her that she can't buy a fucking yacht. Yeah. And you know what? To me, this all seems pretty fucking reasonable for somebody that has that type of wealth. I mean, I, I don't think that he was like a good bookkeeper <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> and who knows what state her finances were in at the time because that's still I think up for pretty heavy debate but to me it just seems like he's basically telling her to act like a star and up until this point mm-hmm. she had kind of been told like she had never been given her rightful place on her team her team always took credit for whether it's you're her mom whether you're a Larry Rudolph and her manager whether you know all of these people are just taking credit for Britney Spears yeah and she and, it was almost like she was given like a child's like she was handled with such child gloves and given such a watered down um version of like the freedom that she could have like you know this is a woman who at one time was on the cover of Forbes 
as the most powerful woman in the world at like 19, but she didn't live like it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things about like, I mean, there's so many things about this that are so depressing, but Britney, the conservatorship has robbed Britney of so much of her life and so much of her development, but also obviously she would have always had a the fame and, and all of that would have made it so that the way that she grew up because she was still in like very, very formative years when she became famous, like that would have skewed everything, of course, but the level of restriction and the way that she was being managed in the way that her family was participating in that to some degree, but then also seemingly not stepping in when they should have, like, it, it's just so unfair that like all of, all of her life, she was basically robbed of the ability to like develop and have, you know, make mistakes and, and learn about herself as a person and learn decision-making skills and all of this stuff. Like she never got that at all. Like even before the conservatorship. But don't you guys think that it's so over time, like it's weird that over time, these people never figured out that their need to obsessively control her and control the narrative, it didn't work from like day one. Like, even dating back to being like, let's market her as a virgin and and we'll say that she's ever had sex and we'll give her implants, but she won't talk about them and all these things. It's like all of this sort of like minutia around her, all of the stuff that didn't really involve her was like bullshit that didn't, that never worked out for her. You know what I mean? It never made her career better and never made her life easier and never made them more money it just kind of consistently backfired and their control only got bigger and bigger and bigger it's it's wild to me i think that for every loss they took they probably felt like they had earned five more wins just with like if you think about like pepsi contracts and movie deals and just everything that they were having her do i, I this whole article really makes it clear that again she was way overworked. She was not really heard when she would be crying and complaining. They put her in a position to just feel like she was responsible for carrying like this, for shouldering this weight, but never wanted to cede full credit to her as a person for, for being like the brand. It's, it's bizarre, but I think it's like the whole, like the man from Oz thing, right? It's like, don't look behind the curtain. <laughs> like nothing to totally. see here. It re- the, I've been thinking about like Sam's presence in her life and it reminds me of, um. did you guys watch WandaVision? Yes. Okay, like yeah. he's her Evan Peters. Like he literally- <laughs> Wow. Do you know what I mean? Like he showed up and said like, no girl, choose chaos. Have some fucking fun, bitch. You have powers. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, girl, live. Let's go to Rite Aid. It's 3 a.m. Let's live. Let's yeah, yeah. You have a lot of That's money. Exactly and- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who gives a fuck about how you look? Who cares? You've got to be pretty. Let's go. Oh, just let's go in that T-shirt. Come on. <laughs> I think the thing about this, though, is that you're juxtaposing it next to what we're hearing from the housekeeper. And to me, one of the saddest lines in this entire thing comes pretty early on when her her housekeeper said she used to ask me if I was happy mm. and I used to say yes. 
And she would say, I just want to be happy. I want to have a family. I want my kids to stay with me every day. Then it like talked about how she would sometimes ask the housekeeper to bring her kids over to stay there because she was lonely. And this, this like broke me Mm -hmm. because she has only gotten more isolated since this point. And I can't process that. And that's the, that's the stuff that I, I I guess I'm kind of referencing when I say like the backfiring, it's like looking back, you know, 13, you know, 12, 11 years later, she is these, these children, had they just allowed her the small amount of freedom that she was asking for, like in the long run, it would have worked out better for everybody, for her, for them, for her fans, for the world, like everybody gets what they want if you just back the fuck off a little bit and like let this girl just like have her kids and go to fucking Maui and like lay on the beach for a couple months that's all she wants like that's it her I've always said this like her demands are so simple this is not a a lavish woman this isn't Madonna Britney's demands are really that of like any midwestern woman with children She's still the same girl whose concert rider consisted of pop tarts. <laughs> right, like it was like totally. the most, it was the the most basic rider of most people. It was nothing ridiculous. She literally had pop tarts on there, and it also like leads me to another quote from this article in the New Yorker from Robin Johnson, the court appointed monitor, who had to see Spears, Brittany. I mean, she saw Brittany four times a week with her kids. And basically said none of this was her fault. There were so many people involved in her life that caused all of this craziness with her. I don't have anything derogatory to say about her. It was probably one of the saddest cases that I've ever done in my entire life. And they all keep saying that. Everybody who speaks out who had any sort of involvement always ends their statement with saying it was one of the worst cases of whatever or like the saddest or whatever. Like, I I can't even fathom and just I I just I can't fathom the stuff that people have heard in passing and you know one of the things that I complained about last week on my episode was like you know I love the prayer emoji tweets and stuff from people from other celebrities but like these are people who have firsthand experience with this abuse like and they're trying to act like they're experiencing it with us in real time and it's like well I've never sat next to Britney at an award show. I've never presented an award with her. I've never, you know, partied with her. I've never like been on tour with Britney Spears. I've never opened for her show. But like, these are people who have, and they've lived in this conservatorship, whether it been whether it was like for an hour or for months on a tour. And I'm just like, I can't imagine what people have actually seen and how embarrassing it must be for her as one of the most famous people in the fucking world and somebody who has had a profound impact on the impact on the music industry and her peers have all seen her be like demeaned and degraded and dehumanized in front, like in front of their, I mean, it's just, it's just, un, it's unimaginable. This part, what I mean, it, unimaginable, I feel like is the word Troy, because I feel like on a personal level, we know how much Brittany cares about being a mom. So hearing these descriptions from the court 
appointed monitor Robin from the housekeeper from Sam Luffy about what a good mom she is and juxtaposing that with how she was portrayed by the media and how K-Fed, her mom, like all these people worked to to make it that she wasn't a good mom, that her her custody was being cut down even before the conservatorship, that the kids were used as a means to get her to agree to the conservatorship. That is all so sad. But then, yeah, to your point, like that's more on the inside, but externally, there were so many things that were happening that were visible to other people. So she's not only having to deal with, I feel like this more private pain that must be excruciating, but then also to be so isolated from everyone. I mean, when the housekeeper was describing when Jamie cut off her communication with Brittany and they had a conversation on the phone, they were talking about how they missed each other. And then she was never able to contact her again. Like, that's like exactly what happened with Allie, cousin Allie. And then like Andrew Gallery, when she handed him the letter and he was like, I'll do this, but you know, if I do this, like they're going to cut me off from being around you as soon as I do this. And then sure enough, even though he didn't even read it, they knew that he had that letter and they immediately started minimizing his role. And then later wouldn't even agree for him to give, to get a letter of recommendation from Brittany because her team was worried that that would demonstrate she had capacity. Like, oh my God, like, never mind what, like you're saying, like the celebrities that would have been working with her in on video shoots at award shows all of those interactions like what those interactions must have been like and all of the behind the scenes people that work with different celebrities that all would have been talking to each other right about like what's going right. on behind the scenes with Brittany yeah like the photographers and the producers and writers and fashion people and hairstylists and people that you're just like you know that she must have just known since she was a kid that it's like now it's weird as fuck like now I'm not even allowed to walk up to you when I see you in public and you can't come near me. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's just so sad. And to already be so isolated as a person who is as famous as she is, and to then have to cut out the only people in your life that you feel like you can trust or that you feel like you can talk to is like, ugh, it's just, it's gut-wrenching. It just, it, who at the outside of this conservatorship would have recommended that Brittany have all communication cut with people that she was close with? Like, that would be really damaging mentally to someone who is supposedly fragile enough that you need them to be in a conservatorship. Never mind the mental damage of having your father scream that you're fat, a whore, and a horrible mother. Like none of this at the outset would have been helpful to someone who, if they needed support and, and to, to restore their mental health, none of this would have been effective. Because they don't think, she, they know that she's not fucking sick. Exactly. That's think, what this they, seems right. to indicate. Exactly. Because mm. otherwise that's even wilder. No, but even if, even if she was, she still does not deserve this type of treatment. That said, this this is not the way you talk to someone or talk about someone that you believe is sick. This is how you talk about someone that's misbehaving. Again, it's it's very, very childlike. But I think that these parts with Jackie and what she outlines are really important for us to, to take a look at because Jackie kind of goes and walks us through the night she was taken into the 5150. And at this point, I mean, Jackie comments on the ridiculous nature of the SWAT team that literally fucking arrived to pick up Brittany. But 
when Sam, it was when Sam Lutvi arrived at the hospital, it was in the hospital room with Britney Spears that Jackie says Jamie became irate and said, that's it. We're getting him out of there. We're getting the conservatorship. And it was that afternoon or the next afternoon that Jackie went um, with Lynn to Brian's apartment and got on the phone with Geraldine Wiley, Wiley Jamie's attorney. And, and, and Lynn, who, who had a throat oh ache. Oh, my fucking God. This is, she's a fucking sufferer, man. Was, she had, her throat hurt, and she was too fatigued to provide, provide details and had Jackie do it. Which, again, you're like, is this Lynn getting herself off the record as it right. relates to the conservatorship so she could be the hero? Was that the plan? Because holy shit. I mean, Jackie had to talk for an hour, she says. To the attorney to provide a comprehensive account of the events. And that was the report that was submitted to the court. And Jackie then later talks about how seemingly sped up this process was. There was no real anything. So it seems like this report was really the key factor of getting getting this conservatorship off the ground. And just to think how different that, you know, that event, like the night, you know, the, the night of the 5150 just how different things were in her house in comparison to what we all were led to believe, you know, that she was like, you know, stabbing knives into the door and, you know, wanting to kill her babies. I mean, really they made it seem like she was full on, like it was some like like an American horror story scene or something. And, you know, and she's simply sitting in the bathroom pacing because she's freaking the fuck out. Rightfully so. There are there are helicopter spotlights shining in her bathroom while she's holding her kid. It the, the whole thing. If Ryan Murphy wrote it, I would say it was too over the top. Yeah, too, yeah. Like this, yeah, exactly. Couldn't believe it. Well, I mean, this this description. So she says it was a freaking circus. You would think a SWAT team was taking down a drug ring. But Butcher said cops, helico- helicopters, fire department, you name it. Spears Butcher added was cooperative, but crying and shaking as they strapped her to a gurney. At one point, Butcher said she moved to comfort Spears and a first responder shouted at her to freeze and keep her distance. Spears was loaded into an ambulance alone and taken to UCLA Medical Center, flanked by a police convoy the length of a football field. Honestly, I hope that Britney sues the LAPD. I mean, I hope basically everyone that has an interaction with the LAPD sues the LAPD. Yeah. But I especially hope that Britney Spears sues the LAPD when she's yes. done with this. Because oh. I really need to understand how this is an appropriate action for a 5150. This in what, in what world is this a, an appropriate amount of resources to be expended for this situation? What? It's the amount like, of money that they must have spent on this, never mind how horrifying this, how scary this must have been for Brittany. There's no way that this is a best practice of how they recommend bringing someone in who's experiencing supposedly a mental health crisis. And how crazy that like in the grand scheme of things, like in her life and her psychotic, crazy fucking life, that this was just like a day. Like this is simply one of the days of her life. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if this was any other person, this would be the most formative thing that has ever happened to them, ever. Like, she got a, she got gurneyed out of her house by a SWAT team, 
hundreds of cops, helicopters, fire, like fire trucks, thousands of people outside basically filming it. Paparazzi trying to push her fucking ambulance over. And this was just like one day in her life. It's it's not even the worst thing that ever happened to her. Right. Like yeah. that is so awful. Like the, to anyone else, like you said, not only with informative, like this would be probably the most traumatic thing that they ever go through. Like this maybe is not even in her top five. 1000%. Like, dear God. I just, I mean, I, like, I, I guess it makes sense to stick with with Jackie because she then goes on to talk about how quick this process was and how when like basically she asks Lynn like shouldn't this take longer or shouldn't I have to testify she she shows up at court thinking she's gonna have to give this entire account again and Lynn turns to her and says it's taken care of and at that point Reva is it Reva Gertz get I guess uh, I don't know. Who cares? I'm not fucking pronouncing her name right. We don't pronounce anybody. The first judge. I don't know what you do over there, Troy. I bet I bet you have the whole speech thing down. Oh God, are you kidding? <laughs> Just repeat their name horribly over and over and over and over. <laughs> but basically, so Jackie says the whole process takes 10 minutes. No one testifies. No questions were asked. A so conservatorship. A, illegal. a conservatorship was granted without ever talking to her. And whatever they claim about any input she had behind the scenes, how could you have accessed her then? Shouldn't you wait a week, then interview her? She never had a chance. Go, Jackie. I mean, it's like the most basic question you would ask. Like, for how serious the implications of this are, it's so, like, I don't even know what the word is. Because it's, it's, I, I feel like there's not even a word to describe the magnitude of how inappropriate that's such a weak word for this but like you're literally taking someone's rights away and this doesn't even warrant more than 10 minutes and of course we get this dispute from the judge got saying there were lengthy confidential discussions addressing spears's health and it's incorrect to say that spears was not meaningfully assessed or given opportunities for input how many opportunities could you have in less than 24 hours she added i can tell you unequivocally that i did not coordinate anything related to the case with anyone connected to the case before it came in but what does that even mean what do you mean when it came in like i just i still feel like that's not enough like that doesn't really answer any questions at all it, honestly, it just sucks that Britney has always had to be one of the celebrities to show the world what can happen to celebrities if you mistreat them. And, you know, this case is like an example of the weird business practices that go on in Hollywood that we don't get to see. Those like weird hidden contracts that like we're we're never privy to and like things that we may not understand about a celebrity's life or like the decisions that they make career-wise you know it could be tied to some weird fucking crazy thing like this and like knowing that Lou Taylor just like sort of parade he was like parading around Hollywood looking for people to trap in these kinds of contracts you know and like getting so excited when things are happening like when they when she tried to 5150 Kanye and she, she was, you know what I mean? It's like, you just are, you get so excited. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> I mean, we heard up and down from her attorney, whose last name is harder in this article. We don't need to hear from them in any other capacity. This is all alleged. We have no idea. 
Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's, 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 it's fucking insane. It's honestly just fucking insane. I'm sweating. I mean, let's, let's get into the loo of it a little bit more. Oh, go ahead, Jacqueline. I was actually going to take us to James Spar from here because I think that that's another really key piece of this article. There's a quote, it essentially says that like, Besides the fact that she never really had a chance to engage with the early part of her conservatorship, um, there was a doctor, James Spar, who provided a declaration confirming her lack of mental fitness. He actually appeared on a podcast saying, I don't know why she still has a conservatorship. I, I don't know what to make of that, but that had my head spinning. Well, because isn't he also like he he's like such an expert in the field like that still is given as an example for that when we and many people say she never should have been in a conservatorship in the first place. And they're like, oh, but he's so well respected if he signed off on it, that it must be the case. Like, again, what is going on here? Because I, I'm not saying he lied at the time, but if this person is surprised that she's still in a conservatorship, like what about you obviously saw more than the general public like she that to me how is that not enough to get her out like and i don't know like i don't know how these things work but like there's no like responsibility afterward i guess once you write this stuff it's done and there's nothing like the person who wrote that doesn't have some sort of responsibility later if they see something questionable to then be like uh hey i don't want my my assessment being used to justify what seems to be inappropriate or what seems to be abuse. Like I just, all of these people are health professionals, legal professionals. Like I just don't get where that first do no harm, like that their like oaths are where they have to like uphold the well-being of people. That was the thing that I, and I continue to be the most confused by. And I talked about this last week. Like I, I guess I just don't get like, okay, I was listening to, um, to anti-lawyer the crazy days and nights podcast the other day or like a few weeks ago actually not the other day and it was an old britney episode where he was talking about her court stuff and he was like going down all of the court stuff and just like the logistics of like you know filing times and proceeding times and when paperwork has to be done by and all that kind of technical stuff and he was just kind of like going down a list of all of the all of the ways in which this was mishandled and how like legally a lot of this stuff wouldn't even be, it would be like thrown out because a, a, a non-corrupt judge would say, well, no, like you didn't file that, correct? Like you have, there are certain things that legally have to take place in order for this to all fall into place. And like, none of it happened. So it's like, I don't understand then when it's like, so yeah, like if, when the paperwork is signed, does that mean like it just exists now because the, the pen touched paper? Like, what if, what if everything that went into getting this done was illegal? I don't get, I don't, I can't grasp that concept. Yeah, I mean, in, in speaking of illegal, I guess this is, so in that same paragraph where they talk about James Spar having that quote about he doesn't know why she still has a conservatorship, they then talk about Lou a little bit more and talk about how we, I mean, we've seen the emails. We know Brittany was not a fan of Lou and they talk about how, Brittany had said that she disdained Taylor and was astonished that 
Taylor was then appointed to be in a very controlling role in her life. So again, not on the conservatorship documents, but as Britney's business manager would obviously have a lot of involvement in this stuff. And we know she can say whatever she wants about listening or a lawyer can say Lou was there for all of that stuff. But they then go on to say, and I wonder who are these people and, and what specifically were they asking about later? Some members of Spears's team raised doubts about Taylor's financial management during her tours. I'm not saying it was like a million dollars missing. It's not that obvious one of them said money was wasted in a particular way and when i asked a question i got shut down cause because nobody wanted to admit fault harder taylor's attorney called the allegation completely false but that's what we've been wondering for a long time like it's not as obvious as lou like writing blank checks to herself or something but like it just seems like at every turn things are happening that are not supposed to be happening. And some of these things, whether they're actually legal on the books, like I don't think that Jamie needed to do anything illegal to take Britney's money because, oh, he's her conservator and he's getting paid to be so like, but what what's going on here? And why was there not that oversight to be looking into whatever the hell fuzzy math was going on with Lou? Uh, the whole thing is sus, as the kids say. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, the, the situation with Lou, I can't take anyone seriously who says that they were just listening in on a conversation <laughs> not a conversation that's highly confidential because it involves someone's mental health by the way and like a number of legal proceedings like you're not just there to to listen in that one is a fucking snake man she i really there's i've been pulled over to the idea that she is just trying to be like a puppet master in this situation uh and it's <laughs> Of course, people like this fall into this kind of luck. I, on the other hand, would never have an opportunity right. to, to overtake something so ridiculous. Um, not that I want it. I'm just saying. Yes, it's certain types of people that pursue it. In the irony. Aries. Irony. Oh. <laughs> Listen. I know, Troy, you're in Aries, too. You Listen, and Jeff share no. the same birthday. So the, the <laughs> quest for power is strong with you, I love too. that. I love that. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I, I mean, and also it's like you you can't, you know, the irony that she like lives as like this uber Christian. It's like, girl. I know. I know. Ooh. And it's always that cult. And people yeah. have done a lot of research drawing ties between her sort of ministry and that like the justin bieber mm, crazy mm -hmm. ass religion or, or giant mega church. yeah yeah um I, I i don't have a lot of information on it because i there are certain things i'm like this is just it gets too dark too fast and to mm -hmm. me taking advantage of people's religious beliefs is like one of those things that like you really do deserve to burn in hell if there is one i don't think there is one and that's a shame because this is the one situation where i think it would be oh. really apropos <laughs> if there is one lou taylor has a parking space she's got a golf cart waiting like she's a vip in hell like she will be treated <laughs> she has like a, a, a gold lined parking spot ready in hell i mean speaking of other eyebrow raising parts not necessarily related to lou but just about the insidious nature of this whole thing jackie pops up again at one point talking about how jamie told her that sam ingham reported to him on britney's movements and activities ingham of course declined all requests for comment on the story but that is completely believable and again just speaks to how tangled and how tight the web is woven i think that that's a good segue to just talk about jamie i mean what a piece of shit 
We've known this before. I know we already touched on some of it, but some of the stuff in here was like really fucking disgusting. I think the scene that Lisa, do you want to walk us through that scene where Jackie talks about being with Brittany and Lynn and Jamie? And she's sort of expecting that Jamie is going to be kind of gentle with her, given everything she's been through. Yeah. So this is, yeah. So less than two months after the second 5150, Spears taped a guest appearance on the sitcom How I Met Your Mother. Publicly, her comeback had already begun and it had been in the works virtually from the outset. Butcher remembers sitting in Spears's home office on one of the first days she was released from the hospital. Butcher, Lynn, and Spears were on the floor. Spears on her knees. Jamie was sitting at a desk. A flat screen TV was playing nearby. Jamie said, baby, Butcher recalled, and I thought he was going to say, we love you, but you need help. But what he said was, you're fat. Daddy's going to get you on a diet and a trainer, and you're going to get back in shape. Butcher felt sick. Jamie pointed at the TV and said, you see that TV over there? You know what it's going to say in eight weeks? That's going to be you on there. And they're going to say she's back. In the following weeks, Jamie wore Spears down. He would get all in her face. Spittle was flying, telling her she was a whore and a terrible mother, Butcher said. Like, I just... He obviously just at some point just completely disassociated from being her actual dad. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, he just he just stopped viewing her as his kid. Like, you know, I I, like something changed where it was just like you are literally where you're where business associates. That's it. Like there's there's no explanation for it aside from the fact that he doesn't love her like a daughter. I think that this is somebody that probably was raised with the same sort of like approach to parenting and essentially sees his life as a bunch of wasted opportunities and like if somebody would have just punched him between the eyes and maybe he would have done better with himself so he sees this as like kind of his way of changing his own narrative and it's it's a sick warped redemption story I think in his mind somehow which is I mean really scary and sad for the both of them to have missed out on, you know, could have been a life of like a much better, healthier relationship. But all of these people seem fucked up. I think that Jamie Lynn and Brian are probably thanking their fucking lucky stars that they are not mentioned anywhere in here. But what a picture this paints of the parents that raised all three of them and what a profoundly like impact that would have had on, on their behavior. I mean, Jamie Lynn ultimately like, has a mother that calls the tabloids right like you've been raised with that since you're nine so what the fuck does that do to you i mean if Brian certain people's like, instagram oh, stories if certain people's instagram stories are to be believed what that does to you is then you start selling stories when you can too allegedly sorry to cut you off why don't you elaborate more on that <laughs> so we, <laughs> for people that don't know we haven't heard from maxi the makeup artist in a while and maxi had some stories in the last day alleging that jamie lynn is totally selling her sister out to the media and selling stories of her and how just completely hypocritical she is and just utter nonsense the stuff that we heard from maxi back in the day was corroborated in britney's statement maxi 
made a comment about how there was some handmaid's tale type shit going on with Brittany not being able to have children. And that is true. We now know and the whole IUD thing. So allegedly, I don't know, but that, that is what is being said as of like in the last 24 hours about Jamie Lynn. So again, maybe a learned behavior because her mom has certainly had quite a relationship with, with the press, even through what we're seeing in, in Sam's text messages that have resurfaced. I mean, who knows what to make of, of Jamie Lynn. Certainly not the best picture painted of her either recently but again just like bringing it back to the parents like holy hell what what a nightmare situation and again we just get more of these sad notes on what Brittany's life has been like we hear from hairstylists who basically say anyone that's gotten too close or anyone that you know in the past few years has had influence they get rid of them uh you know they there's conversation in here uh about how she kind of became less present there was no laughter there was no interaction with producers uh i do think that we heard from i don't remember if it was danger i don't think it was danger weren't there producers that said that they they basically weren't going to work with her anymore because they worked with her before the conservatorship and after and they were like this is fucking like fucked up you can't you literally can't be in a room alone with her oh you're right yes there was somebody who said like that things had just gotten created and like it wasn't i don't remember who it was though but i definitely I'm, yeah i have to think on was that it I mean, Will I am? no he would never give up check he loves making shitty music i <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't I we will come up with it. We we'll, we will we'll figure out a way to to correct ourselves on this, but um yeah I mean it just her throughout this piece they weave into these vignettes, just painting this this portrait of how lonely she is, in all of these different stages, and I still can't wrap my head around the fact that we have been so right. I am no. mind blown. <laughs> I you didn't think that I wanted to be this right but the more that we've learned about it the worse that this has gotten and that scares me to no end because I still think that we're only like 90% of, I mean we've only heard 10% it just blows my mind to think that you could be you know it's like I always talk about like the thing that made Britney like such a massive huge famous crazy superstar was like obviously her ability as like an artist is insane and her like ability on stage all of that stuff it all factors but like the number one thing like the thing the foundation of Britney Spears Incorporated in its prime was always Britney's personality it was always just how goofy and down to earth and like just how much like it factor like oozed out of Britney's pores all the fucking time like just such a star and and it's it's wild to imagine you know knowing this person like in person having like a close relationship with them and knowing them to be this like effervescent fun funny bubbly goofy just like full of life full of energy uh curious person and to watch them slowly become 
subdued and quiet and not joke around and not laugh and not be outgoing and be shy and nervous and reserved and have anxiety and, and be fidgety and to just be okay with watching that develop and and just and it's just it just is what it is. Like that to me is so unimaginable. Troy, it sounds like you're describing millennials. <laughs> I, I mean, I like to think I like to think of myself as more of like a like a millennial, but I just it, it did is in like watching this woman be not to make light of it, but like watching her sort of be whittled down. It, I I hear you on that because that's that's really what it is, right? It's just like a grinding somebody down into absolutely nothing. Yeah, and I mean- for what? I made, again, not to make light of it, but I made the comparison once. I don't remember who I was talking to. It was in one of the episodes. But I said, it's like it's like taking Tinkerbell in your hand and like squeezing too tight. Do you know what I mean? It literally is like you- Oh my God. Oh, squeeze. That's crushing, like literally. But do oh. you know what I mean? Yes. Like you squeezed the magic out of this girl. Like you squeezed the spirit and like- all of that goodness out and it's not this I mean I'm not trying to say that like there's no hope for Britney in the future but it's like you've changed her like you have you have shattered that person and changed her personality like that's a really weird thing to be able to to imagine going through so much trauma that all of the identifiable things about your personality are now different like who you are you know Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole thing where, I mean, they say this at, at different points in here. I think Jackie says something to this degree. Like, at, it, it, what she's gone through it would make her unwell. If she wasn't unwell at the outset, like, what she's gone through is so unimaginable that she's not going to be the same Brittany and and you know anything she does at this point like you were talking about before Jacqueline the confirmation bias thing anything she does at this point no matter how hard the harder she fights they're gonna say it's making you know look it's just proof of how crazy she is so there's nothing really she can do to get out of it but also just how detrimental that must be to her spirit like it's amazing that she's still fighting at all but there's no way that she can come out of this as if the last 13 years didn't happen like this is trauma on such a continuous degree that like I mean I, I it's it really is impressive that Brittany is able to function at all and, and and has any sort of hope or will to fight left I also just want I to just say, feel like oh sorry no, oh, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> <We're so polite. laughs> I, I think, I think for me it's just it's just that if she's going to keep fighting we have to keep fighting because this is literally the least we can do for her and this we have a very small show and like I just feel like it's one of those things where even to contribute on a very small scale to something like this it feels like we have to because us loving her is what got her in this situation in the first place and so don't we have to keep fighting for as long as 1000% like we both have we know we all have like small shows but like at the end of the day it's like our tiny contribution to this large conversation is what led to this you know what I mean it's what led to for the first time in entertainment history you know a fan base having this much impact on somebody's life you know and 
I kind of wish, I do kind of hope going forward, now that we all know, like the cards have all been shown, I do kind of wish the emphasis from the, the media on her mental health, like dies down because we know that at the end of the day, this girl is fine. And anything that is wrong with her mentally or anything that she is sort of suffering from mentally is some is uh, like you said, is a result of this conservatorship and her mistreatment of the pub from the public. Like, it's not like, I've said this a million times, but it's not like Britney Spears just woke up one day and had all of these extreme mental health issues. Like over a span of a year or a little over a year, not to mention the, the years before, she was really intensely into having a, a, a break, like a mental break. And it actually, in hindsight, took a long time for her to break. And it shockingly took almost no time at all for her to come back from it. Like way mo- like way less time than it would take most people. So this this uh, this whole emphasis on like, what's wrong with her? It's like, there's like nothing fucking wrong with this girl. Yeah, I mean, the question needs to be what's wrong with the system? Because you're you're having this extremely detailed description of abusive behavior. And it, a lot of this sounds like, again, like if it's not illegal, it should be like just outright malfeasance. Like that needs to be where, where the questions lie. And I think, you know, there's one point in here where that infamous team member who's so talkative describes free Britney as this is a radicalized group. They don't care about facts. You wish we didn't care about facts because that's the whole thing right now is all of this is being exposed that I guess these people never thought this would see the light of day. They thought they'd be able to do this forever. And with absolutely no transparency that no one would ever actually be seeing what was going on behind the curtain. The story continues to shock and really worry me. I don't know what comes next. And it feels like every day is a new emotional roller coaster. And this is just for us watching. We're involved on the periphery. <laughs> like we're involved in the sense that we just talk about it. I can't really imagine what this has been like for Brittany. So I, I it's hard to ever know how to end episodes that are this heavy. And I I am still trying to come away with the fact that Brittany called me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to come back to that because that's a really deliberate action. And like, good for her. Good for her for calling the police. Yeah, she's in fight mode, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this just shows that she's being advised by somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. feel like she just picked up the phone and called the cops. So they're they're laying some kind of groundwork here. I want to ask you guys a question, I guess, as a way to end it. Because this is the thing that I've been kind of t- struggling, not struggling with, but like going back and forth in my mind is like, do you think, in my mind, I feel like Brittany herself deserves, when this is all over, to be able to sit down with someone and talk to the public because her whole life she's never been able to and like throughout this whole experience that she's had um as a result of 2007 she's never been able to really speak and like talk about how she feels but like at the same time the public is so undeserving of it 
It's like, do you think that at the end of all this, like we'll hear, like we'll have some sit down interview with Brittany if things go as planned? Absolutely. I think that we're actually, a, a year ago, I would have said that's a distant dream. Right now, I'm thinking that it happens by the end of this year, early next year. I think it's going to be very soon in the grand scheme of things. I really, really do. Because this is, this whole thing is falling apart. It's, it's watching a wall come down. And there's no way to pick up all the pieces. And with all of these moving, like this churn that you have, it, I feel like opens the line of communication for somebody to get to Brittany and, and coordinate this and set something up. And I think that, frankly, she's going to have to talk publicly again to get this continuing to move in her favor. I don't think she's going to be able to stay silent because I think that there's going to be a bit of a holding pattern that comes up with all these resignations. We're now looking at like what could be at least two months worth of a delay because you need to get all new players in play. Yeah, I mean, obviously today with the, I mean, who knows what, Judge Penny is going to say about Ingham's resignation, but she hasn't seemed super concerned about the efficiency in the pace of these proceedings in the past. So it seems like all this is going to do is delay stuff. So, and sadly, I think right now everyone's all fired up about this and there's going to remain hopefully an increased number of people that will be paying close attention to this from here on out. But there's a lot of people that think that things should happen immediately. Like look at the coverage last week and the week before where they're like, Oh, the judge didn't remove Jamie. Like that's not how it works. That's not, it would never work that quickly. So I, I do worry that if Brittany doesn't speak again, that the scrutiny, the level of scrutiny that shouldn't be necessary because the court should be doing their jobs, but maybe this is their job. And oh my God, that's terrifying. But the level of scrutiny won't be at the level it needs to be if Brittany doesn't speak again. But that being said, it just feels like such a shame that if Brittany wants to speak, great, but it feels like she's already had so much of her life exposed that to have her have to share even more for people basically to like believe her still or to to want to help her get out of this like that's just so enraging but if she wants to speak like obviously we're we want to listen to anything she has to say but it just it I it just feels so frustrating I mean I wish I hope you're right Jacqueline that it's within the next year I mean you know it just I don't know. I, I, I feel like we'll hear from her at some point, but it could, I feel like as fast as things seem to be moving right now, I do wonder if there'll be like a complete stall out and then there's nothing happening for months. No, I definitely think that there'll be a little bit of a, um, like you said, like a little stall. Yeah. Cause everybody thinks now, especially now the people that are just getting caught up to this, they're like, well, let's get her out of it. Let's get her out of it before summer's over. Like, that would be amazing. But, like, there's also millions and millions and millions of dollars, like, just up in the air right now. Like, you know, so it's like, this is not going to happen that way. Um, So, yeah, but I definitely, I do think, listen, my biggest takeaway from her, there were so many takeaways. But the thing that I walked away from that, like, really feeling was, like, wow, Brittany wants to talk. And I didn't mm-hmm. 
go into it thinking that. Like, I didn't go into it thinking Britney would be so eager to speak. And like, so much so that she's like literally tripping over her words because she's so excited and has so much to say. And she's so excited to address the world. And I'm also, I was thinking to myself too, like, this is a girl who, you know, as much as this industry has like burned her, it's also all she's ever known. And, you know, she did for a really, really, really long time have access to the public. She had access to being able to speak freely at least. And like, you know, there's a part of her that still is used to that aspect of her life where she used to be able to talk to to the the world about how she was feeling. You know what I mean? And it's like, I I think that it will happen because I kind of think Britney really wants it to happen, honestly. Like, I, I think Britney really, really wants to sit down with somebody and, and, and expose people. I think she wants to spill tea. I think she wants to embarrass people. I think I she think wants to just fucking go ham. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. And I think that this is one of the few moments where she has the clout and the public backing to do it. I... I also feel like it's one of those situations where she spoke to the court and that was just 20 minutes and that 20 minutes only covered stuff that's happened in the last two years. And there's probably that feeling of once you get that out, just that surface, that first shot, I am always the type of person that thinks, oh man, I should have said that too. And I should have said that because that would have really got him. She probably has a whole other notes app open with all the stuff that she wished she said the first time. So I have no doubt that she's going to talk again because I think that once you you open that floodgate, now you feel like you need to purge it and get it out. For sure. She got a taste. She got a taste. And look at what it did. Like, look at what that 20 minutes did. Like, oh my God, it lit the entire world on fucking fire in the most positive way for her like people were like oh my god she's lucid she's smart she's speaking her mind she was so clear-minded she knew exactly what she wanted to say blah 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 like it was so great and like I can't even imagine what an hour would be oh oh I can't even imagine what an hour would be well and in who it would hold accountable because I feel like that so I made the mistake of reading this the first time I read it Obviously, it was 4th of July weekend, so I had my 4th of July playlist that I had created. One of the songs on that, of course, was Independence Day by Martina McBride. And let me tell you, when I was starting to then, I didn't realize I had put it on a loop. And her Let the Guilty Pay, it's Independence Day. I was like, I mean, I probably could have burned something in in my yard just from the amount of fireworks that were going on around me. But like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm just ready for Britney to get the justice or like you said before Jacqueline the the revenge chapter because like I I love a good grudge like and Brittany has enough fucking material to have grudges for a lifetime like I'm ready for some scores to be settled and for Brittany to get her fucking due I'm ready to get myself down to the Jersey Shore boardwalk and get myself a free Brittany hoodie hot (laughs) off the presses because I can only imagine what kind of designs they have down there i'll have to keep our listeners posted and and troy you as well because i know you appreciate a good uh, jersey couture (laughs) are you kidding i want like the at least the second photo 
that you send out. <laughs> I mean, this has been so much fun. We love getting together with you, Troy. It, it feels it like too. a good just release. It's like watching This Is Us. <laughs> get just get the- <laughs> no, it's just, it's easy. It's like, it's it's just, it's a different thing when you're with Britney fans talking about Britney. It just, it's a different kind of shorthand. It's a different thing. It's like, it just feels, it's just nice. Like this was, yeah, this was good. I feel way better right now than I did whenever we started. What, two hours ago? How long did we go? I think like two and a half hours yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this was awesome. Oh, what a mess. Well, th- thank you to all of our listeners for both of our shows. I mean, thank you for sticking with us for this lengthy, but we hope beneficial conversation for everybody. And we're not the only three emotionally unload. <laughs> right. Yeah, I hope that this episode gets you through several days. I mean, you, this is, you know, you'll be able to clean, you'll be able to like drive to work, you'll be able to come home from work. Like you'll be able to do a cup, a few things to this episode. So hopefully you'll be able to eat off of this plate for a while. And obviously we didn't even get into everything that was in this article. So we do want to hear from you all about this parts that stood out to you the most and, and what else you want to discuss. Cause I mean, we're not going to do it right now because we all need to lay in <laughs> silence in a dark room, but like there's, we could have gone even further with this. There's so much more in here. So obviously as soon as we finish recording this, we assume something earth shattering will happen so know that that won't be in this episode but we'll all be discussing it in various ways coming up thank you guys for doing this for me thanks for allowing me to do this with you yeah farewell to everyone all of our listeners of both of our shows yes bye thank you for listening to dunzo this podcast is a part of the solid listen network Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.